When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the Young Bucks Podcast and DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network here, Pittsburgh Pirates Prospects Podcast of Choice. I'm Jim Pergar alongside Corey Geiger. Corey, the minor league system as a whole hasn't really had a lot of success this year. All of the teams are around 500, um, if not below 500 throughout the, the farm system. Now, wins in in minor in the system aren't always an indicator of how good of a or bad of a team is, but that mediocrity isn't always a great thing, especially from what we've seen with the Altoona Curve recently. Well, we're going to talk about some good news and some bad news on this, Jared, because I do think it's important to be realistic, but also to try to understand why people would be listening to this podcast. I. I to me, if you're listening to a podcast about Pirates minor leagues, Jared, what do you want to hear? If I ask you, what do you, what do you want to hear? What is it? I want to hear about the prospects, why they're doing what they're doing, whether well, they're struggling, okay. whether it's getting better. That's, it. That's interesting because I think what most fans want to hear is about the good prospects. I think they want to hear the good news. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I think you and I do this and we see it. And again, the, folks, there is bad news here, um, but and but there is good news. I, I I'm I'm kind of laughing here because I look at the one of the comments from our, our podcast last week um, about sticking to the overall plan for Ben Sherrington, and uh, the guy wrote, "Man, you guys are pretty depressing. No need for rose-colored glasses, but geez." Now look, last week. We did probably harp on a lot of things that were not going well. And again, I get it, Jerry, because I think if you're a Pirates fan out there, the big league team sucks. You know this. Everybody knows this. What you want to hear from Jared Krugar, what you want to hear from Corey Geiger, what you want to hear from Alex Stump and Keith Law and Jonathan Mayo and all these people is you want to hear hope. You want to hear hope. For the future. So we're going to talk some hope for the future. We will. But we have to do so in the context of, to be really honest with you, I think this has been a pretty shitty year in the minor leagues for the Pirates. Henry Davis is hurt. Nick Gonzalez is hurt. Leo Pagaro has really kind of fallen off drastically over the last couple months. Mike Burroughs is really struggling now in AAA. 
Bubba Chandler is struggling. Every team in the system, three of the four under 500, and Bradenton is a few games over as we speak. The Altoona Curve, I think, are the most disappointing team in all of minor league baseball based on what we thought we were going to see. So the reality is, Jared, we can talk about Rowanzi Contreras, and we can talk about producing O'Neill Cruz, and we can talk about three or four guys, Bly Madras and some other guys that we think are going to do well. But that cannot get lost in the fact that, by and large, there have been a whole lot of negative things or disappointing things that have happened to the Pirates smiling system this season. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, obviously the injuries are are like they have mounted, and that's at almost every level. It seems that that somebody is on the IL that that you know you want to see play. Obviously in Altoona, there's Nick Gonzalez and Henry Davis, who are both uh, looking like they're they're tracking to to come back relatively soon. Henry Davis was on Instagram recently swinging. Uh, Nick Gonzalez is playing in the complex league during uh, his rehab assignment, so that's that's good news. And you mentioned Leo uh, Leo yeah, I mean he hasn't he hasn't lit the world on fire, and and we talked about him putting the team on his shoulders, um, and and that's a it's a tough burden to carry when you're used to not being that type of player, um, but yeah, as far as the curve being disappointing, absolutely, it's let's, you know, let's some, get to them in the second segment. I think we can right. spend an entire se- segment on the crap that's happened to the curve. There are good stories in AAA though. There are guys. We've talked a lot about Blind Address. There are obviously mm-hmm. some good players up there. Yeah, right. And and G1 Bay is having an excellent season. Guys up there are having success. And and you know, I was able to get out there and and I obviously I was able to speak with Mason Martin a couple of weeks ago. And that's the thing, you know, you just kind of have to have to roll with the waves of the minor league season because there's so much turnover in that at that level because they're up and down and all over the place based on, you know, being promoted, people being traded and that sort of thing. So, you know, that's just one of those situations where, you know, you got to gotta continue to get better. And um, there are some good stories. You know, a lot of guys have made their major league debut, good, bad, or indifferent uh, for, you know, for the, for the Pirates this year. And I think that's good. A lot more guys have gone from double A to, to the majors and stuck there, which I think bodes well for the future. Um, but now in Indy, you have um, you have Jackson Winsky who's who's raking, um, you know, and that's that's a major league bat for all intents and purposes. That's a major league bat, and you've got Contreras who's down there to get stretched out. You can say what you want about that, whatever. We can talk about that until we're purple in the face. But there are still good stories, and it'll be interesting to see kind of how things you know go as we get deeper into August. And again, this is the plight of the Pirates fan. Because, look, every, all teams want to know what their up-and-coming young players are going to do. <clears throat> but when you're a Pirates fan and the, te- and the season's over in the middle of July, all you have left for. The only thing. Folks, if you're a Pirates fan, why? Why? I mean, the only thing as a Pirates fan that you can possibly hang your hat on is the future. And so we do appreciate people tuning into the podcast, and that's great. We will talk about Jack Swinsky. Jack Swinsky's doing very well. Um, Rowanzi Contreras clearly should be in the big leagues. And, and, and why isn't he? Okay? What the hell are they doing? I mean, seriously. What, what are they doing with all this service time and stretching him back out? Th- there are some guys that uh, are, are playing well. 
And whether people want to think about the record or not, Indy has a losing record. Okay, well, who cares? Nobody cares about the records. Well, you know what? I, I kind of do. I mean, I, I think that records, I think that records in the minor leagues, they don't necessarily indicate your top guys that can get to the big leagues and succeed. But I think they do go, generally speaking, Jared, they do tell you what kind of pitching you have. Because generally, if you struggle in the minor leagues, it's because you don't have either enough starting pitching and or relief pitching to carry nine innings every day. So, again, there are the good stories with these guys uh, in AAA that, that the Pirates fans truly want to look forward to seeing. But I'm telling you, beyond Jack Sawinski and Rowanzi Contreras, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know who the can't-miss guys are to be honest with you. Yeah, there haven't really been a lot of standout guys. You know, everything's been really streaky this year, which is a weird year for that. You know, Burroughs was hot to begin with, got up to AAA, and that was kind of, has kind of plateaued. Um, you know, you want Travis Swaggerty to take that next step, but that that Major League outfield seems to be like it's coming together uh, the way that the Pirates organization wants it to. Um, and then Altoona obviously has been very underwhelming, unfortunately, uh, with injuries and I mean, and a lot of other guys that, you know, just haven't performed up to up to task. And we'll talk about that here in the second segment. But but, yeah, it's just been kind of a blah year throughout the organization so far. Now, there's still a lot of time to, to turn that around, but it'll be interesting to see if they're able to do that. Yeah. The last thing I'll say before we get to the second segment is, I mean, if, if you're going to be 20 games under and we're all going to sit here and cross our fingers that this is all about the future. Don't you kind of want to be kicking ass and taking names in the minor leagues? The Pirates are not doing that. Right. But I can tell you where people will kick ass and take names. It's on the Young Bucks podcast in the second segment on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Young Bucks podcast and DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Corey and I mentioned kicking ass and taking names. And in Altoona, there hasn't been a lot of ass kicking. Uh, this is a team that on paper, when the season started and, and who was projected to be at Altoona at, at certain points in the year, this was supposed to be a fun team to watch. Um, and 
frankly, they're not. And I understand that, you know, teams aren't always supposed to be fun, but a team that came into the season boasting uh, Leo Verpiguero, Nick Gonzalez, uh, you know, Matt Frazier, guys like that, that, you know, are, are working their way up through the system, having that success at Mike Burroughs, Quinn Priester, Carmen Majinski. Um, and that just hasn't happened this year. Obviously, you know, Priester was hurt to start the year, so they didn't get to play with him for a while. Burroughs does, does well, you know, that's the, that's the least shocking thing here. Um, Gonzalez struggled up until, you know, he was until he was hurt Now he was turning it around, but you know, still there's, there's struggle there. Pergaro lit it up and then came back to normal. Frazier, I mean, I, I, Corey, you've seen them play. Frazier looks nothing like he did last year. And at many times it does look like he might just be overwhelmed with the plate. This is again, I, I go back, I go back to this comment, folks. We really are trying hard to be positive. Jared and I, we want to tell you good news. We really do. But there's just not any at the AA level. I mean, the only good news that we can tell you is that maybe Henry Davis and Nick Gonzalez can get 20, 25 more games. But as we as we record this, the Curve have lost 12 of their last 15 games. And so here's the names. Here, here's what I wrote earlier in the week. We thought there was a chance that all of these guys could play for the Curve at some point. At some point together. Okay. Henry Davis, Nick Gonzalez, Quinn Priester, Yelver Figuero, Jack Stowinski, Mike Burroughs, Chukapita Marcano, Matt Gorski, Matt Frazier, Kyle Nicholas, Carmen Majinski, Jared Triolo, Tanaj Thomas, Luis Ortiz, Connor Scott, Blake Sable. Holy hell, Jared, that sounds like an awesome team, doesn't it? Why are the curves under 500 and completely collapsing? It's because we never got to see all those guys together, not even close. And folks, this is not anybody's fault. What I'm doing here is I'm explaining to you what has happened this year and how it could impact the Pirates in the future. Because what you'd hope to see was all these guys continuing to develop to develop together, when in fact, this has been such a hodgepodge year that, I mean, I, I think it's thrown the timeline off another half season, if not a full season for the Pirates, just because of so many bizarre and quirky things that have had to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, in Altoona specifically, it's just been, it's been rough to watch at times, you know, I'm there almost uh, half of the homestands every time they play at home. So I get to see a lot of curb baseball and this, this weekend was uh, um, as far as the offense was concerned, the pitching was okay, but there was always just like that one or two, one or two things that, that kept them from, from winning the game. And and you have guys like Matt Frazier who are getting, you know, opportunity after opportunity after raking last year. Like he had uh, a lot of success at, at Greensboro last year, and it's just not been the case. You know, Jared, so when, you, I'm gonna be honest with you. Did you think Matt Frazier was for real? Because he was an old he was an older guy in high A last year. And and I I just know covering the minor leagues for as long as I have, you have to take with a grain of salt when an older guy destroys a level. And this is, with all due respect to Matt Fraser, I mean, when you're an older guy and you're pummeling kids that are, guys that are a year or two younger than you, well, honestly, that's kind of to be expected. 
so I, 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 I really, I do not specifically, personally, have tremendously high expectations for Frazier this year. And again, people can take this as being negative all they want. I've covered double-A baseball for 30 years. Most guys come here and struggle. Most guys. I mean, 75% of guys come to double-A and struggle. You have to be a really high-level guy to come up to double-A and just, and just kill it. And that's what I've seen from too many of these so-called outstanding prospects. Is they've come up here. Henry Davis was hitting 100. Now, again, I know he's got the wrist injury and everything, but for the amount of games that he played, he was barely hitting over 100. Had a real a built real bad slump. Um, so Carmen Majinski's really struggled. So it, it's just been we can throw out all these names that all these Pirates fans want to hear us talking about, but quite frankly, to be honest with you, 80 percent of them I think have have underachieved this year. Yeah, and I, I mean the, the guys that are standing out, you know, Triolo's defense is really good, um, and they've been bouncing him around the infield. And then you have a guy like Matt Gorski. Who rakes at Greensboro comes up and then gets hurt. Um, Will Matheson too, you know, just looking at some of the guys that are hurt, Lolo Sanchez, like they have been hit. What I, whatever is in the water, obviously, obviously the water in Altoona is affecting me too, because I'm sitting here, you know, on the IL myself after having shoulder surgery. So there's obviously something in the water here in Altoona where people are getting hurt. Um, and, and we kid about that, but you know, when you have the, the injured list in Altoona, I think is a cap- very capable and, an able team to win. Um, but it, it's unfortunate. It's no fault of, of anybody. It's just kind of how the, yeah. how the cards, how the cards fall. And that's just the, the nature of the business because sometimes, you know, that's going to happen. You're going to have years like that. And, you know, all, most of the teams, you know, Bradenton's trying to, you know, to, to repeat Greensboro is trying to repeat. Um, and it's just one of the situations where, you know, you just got to get there. Now, luckily for the curve, you know, it's the Eastern league is broken into two seasons. So there is opportunity, you know, to, to come back and they're only, you know, 15 and 18 in the second half of the season, they trail, um, they're actually nine and a half games out, but that could be a way in a way. Absolutely. There's no way they're done. I mean, they're they're done. There ain't no way in the world the curve we're making the playoffs. They can play better. And if they get hit, here's the bottom line. You know, what matters to the Altoona curve the rest of the season is four guys. You need Henry Davis back. You need Nick Gonzalez playing well. You need Kent Quinn Priester to get his innings. And you need Leover Figueroa to finish strong. No matter what happens to this curve season, because I, I, I think that they're really going to struggle probably because they just don't have the pitching. They don't have the pitching right. depth. They don't have the, the relievers to keep things close. If those four guys finish strong, this is the difference in the minor league year. Then we can say, hey, there was some productive stuff with the Altoona curve. But it, I think the entire season depends on the next month and a half for those four guys. Yeah, they need to get them back um, without a doubt. And they need to get better pitching. You know, if Luis Ortiz had one of those bad luck losses over the course of this week. It, yeah. And, and it's unfortunate because he threw really, really well. And then he made – you know, three bad pitches. Um, one was a home run, a wild pitch that cost a run and, and a line drive double. And, you know, that's just one of those situations where that's all it takes. And that's, and that's kind of the, you know, when you look at it, the epitome of this, this curve team is they're not making a lot of mistakes, but the ones that they do make prove costly in the end, like they're not getting blown out by any means. These games, these games are, are one, two, three, four run games, but 
but it's just one of those situations, you know, you got to get healthy. You got to get those guys back, see what you got um, and then move forward. And, you know, the good news for Bradenton is they're in the hunt. And I think that, I think that's a good option for them. I think they have the potential um, to make a run again um, because that team, you know, I, I wish that, I wish that the teams were flop because I like, you know, I, I like what Bradenton's got and it, it, they're 52 and 49, but you know, when you break down the standings, uh, it's a little different because of the obviously playing two halves of the season. And I'll close this segment on some good news, um, or at least potentially good news. Just crazy stuff happened this year. Henry Rodriguez or Henry Davis getting hit so many times in the wrist injury. Nick Gonzalez hurting his foot running to first base. Matt Gorski, for God's sake, getting hurt on a triple. He's literally walking into third base, and he and he hurts his quad. That that's just ridiculous. Uh, Tyron Madison, the current manager, said Lolo Sanchez slept wrong on the bus, hurt his oblique, and missed it a month and a half because he slept wrong on the bus. This is not anybody's fault. These are all things that next year maybe maybe the Pirates with a lot of these prospects have good things and good news that happens to them. But if, again, at the end of the day, when you have these issues, it just pushes back the timeline. And we spent a lot of time on this last week, Jared. The Pirates have that window of opportunity of 2024, 2025. But for that to be a good window, you've got to have all these guys getting the experience between now and then that they're going to need. So, again, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be positive. I'm not trying to be a negative uh, Nelly here, it, it's just it's just been a, a whole run of bad luck that has made has made this minor league season uh, just disappointing. I think in a lot of ways for the entire system. Right. So you know what, Corey? Let's take a quick break. Let's get into the third segment and let's dial up the power of positivity for us because let's get right. that out of there. I'm obviously you know the people at the curve have to switch to bottled water, whatever's in the water at Altoona is obviously causing us, you know, physical injuries. I do not mean that for the Altoona Water Authority. I, this is simply joking. Um, you know, like Corey and I have talked and joked about, you know, every all the the fluky things that, it, that have gone on, you know, between Henry Davis and, and that sort of thing. And even my own personal injury myself. So for we will get to that here. We'll talk to the positivity here. We'll talk it up because it's time, Corey. We got to feel the power of positivity on the third and right. final segment of the We Are Pod, or I'm sorry, the Young Bucks podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Young Bucks podcast, your Pittsburgh Pirates prospects podcast of choice. Corey, we mentioned turning up the positivity and let's crank it all the way up. What are some of the positives that you've seen throughout the system so far this season to date? Well, uh, O'Neal Cruz, let's start with the most obvious, the homegrown guy. He certainly is electric. Winnie's doing well in Pittsburgh, and, and we talked for months about him and getting up. So, yeah, we're, we're doing the minor leagues now, but we can't forget about the guy that is the future of the organization. So 
hopefully that ha- that development has worked out well. Rolandi Contreras should be back up hopefully soon. He absolutely looks like the real deal. He came on board in the uh, the trade that Charrington pulled off. The, there there are positives from those standpoints, and, and I would say to come back down to it from the Altoona standpoint at Double A. It does look like we're going to see Henry Davis back. It does look like we're going to see Nick Gonzalez back. I want to see those guys really take advantage of the last 10, 15, 20 games that they get. Jared, that's 50, 60 at-bats. And I think there can be a lot of development in 50 or 60 at-bats if you treat those 50 or 60 at-bats the right way. Right. And obviously, I think those two guys are, are going to end up in the fall league. Um, out in Arizona, and I think they and I think they need to, obviously, with the with the injury and, mm-hmm. and and that sort of thing. So it'll be interesting to see what they do and what they're capable of doing and, and maintaining that health, because not only do they do, obviously do the curve and the organization need to get them back to playing, they need to be healthy. This team, this timeline isn't relevant if if the if the people in the organization aren't healthy enough to get to that point. Uh, so it'll be interesting, you know, to, to see what happens. But I'm going to talk about a couple of pitchers here that I think um, deserve, you know, some some hoopla and, and some praise. I think Quinn Priester, uh, since coming back, has done a very admirable job, um, you know, pitching as advertised for the most part. Um, and, you know, understandably so. But a guy that to me is is still under the radar. We mentioned him, you know, as far as getting in the bad luck loss. Um, a couple games ago for the curve is Luis Ortiz. I mean, the kid's stuff is very, very raw. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in triple A next year, or even back in Altoona to start the season. He's 23, 6, 2, uh, 240 as a righty. But man, you know, watching some of his pitches and watching some of his, um, some of the, what he's got in his arsenal, this kid, if, if he gets refined, could really be the real deal. Yeah. I would say of any player, um, outside of the main group, you have probably brought up Ortiz as much as anybody else. So l- let me, before I get to him, Quinn Priester, I am very high on. He looks like the real deal. I, I, I'm, I, I think he can make the most of his last six or seven starts here in double A. That would be great. So it's interesting. I don't, I don't disagree with you on Ortiz, but I really don't agree with you either. Okay, uh, and so this is the old man in me that is going to be re- reliant on the stats, maybe, Jared, as opposed to the eye test. Uh, he's got a 520 ERA. Uh, he, he, he's, uh, the, the, the strikeout to walk is good, but he's given up 83 hits in 93 innings. That's not terrible, but certainly not great. When I watch him pitch, everything that you're saying about Luis Ortiz is right. He does have the really good stuff, and then he seems to blow it at some point throughout the game. So I can't put my finger on Luis Ortiz. If this is bad luck, if it's bad preparation that something happens within these games, because you're talking about a guy that does have great stuff, but his numbers don't add up to this, if you if you follow my point. Right. No, you're absolutely right. The numbers, the numbers are very misleading and you're and it's always like that one or that one bad inning and it might not even be his fault it might be a misplay in the field or something mm-hmm. else and and you know that's kind of the thing that's 
what's weird about pitching, right? Because their statistics really kind of rely a lot on the other players, which is, which is very weird in, in baseball, but you know, it's the norm. And, and I agree with you too, you know, but for me, I'm going based on the eye test, but if he can kind of turn that raw athleticism, that raw ability uh, and refine it and, and get that experience, I think, I think there's a very, very good opportunity for him, you know, down the road. Uh, as far as maintaining that success and, and getting to the next level, because, you know, his stuff can play his stuff. I think is very under the radar. Um, a guy that I thought was very under the radar as well. is also on the DL or IL, whatever the kids call it these days is Omar Cruz. Omar Cruz. I thought started the season off very well. Not uh, he's the opposite of Ortiz, right? He's a spot kind of guy. He's you're not going to overpower you by any means, but it, you know, it's the movement from the left side. Um, you know, we, we talked to him prior to the season starting or prior to the first game of the season, uh, at PNG field on, on your radio show. Uh, and you know, it, it you look down the, the curve roster and, and you look at those things and, you know, there haven't been a lot of overly impressive pitchers, uh, to be perfectly honest with you this year. I'm going to go with a guy that I just feel bad for, and that is Matt Gorski because he was really doing everything that he needed. Hey, look, I'll be honest with you. If Matt Gorski would have continued doing what he was doing, you think I'm crazy to think that he would have been in Pittsburgh before the end of the season because he is a little bit of an older guy. uh, And uh, let's see, he is 20, you know, turned 25 in December. Um, So I I think that maybe we might have needed to find out about him a little bit more. Because we were both really impressed with Gorski. We did a whole podcast on him a month and a half ago before, my goodness, he hits a triple off the wall. He gets hurt. Uh, I, I think that was a guy that uh, I hope we get to see him at least a little bit for a few games. He probably will not come back to Altoona next year. He, they're just going to have to they're gonna have to move him up to AAA just to find out. But I, I, I did see enough of him with the strength and the plate, uh, you know, his abilities around the plate. He did strike out a lot, obviously, but I, that's a guy that I, I'm, I'm kind of sneaky high on, uh, even though he do, does still have th- things to prove. Yeah. Obviously I think there's a lot to prove, but in a good way, you know, the raw power is there. That tool is, man, I like watching him just muscle balls to the opposite field. Like he's not even getting to his full side, which is where the power is really going to be if he can figure that out. So, and he's still continuously mashing the baseball. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what the pirates do as far as how they put these teams together for the rest of this season, but also, you know, next season, because we are on the cusp uh, of players getting called up and demoted and, and really gearing up for this last stretch. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like any Rodriguez ended up getting called up in the near future, obviously the curve needs some catching help and they, uh, they need all the help they can get. But you know, that's a player when you look at it also that he could be one of those guys that could, could see that late season call up here. Yeah. And I'll just close this year. I can see this owner, this, this front office with, with Charrington. I can see them just forcing guys up. Um, even if they're limited to certain amounts of time, Henry Davis, Will he start next season back in Double A if he's only played 30, 35, 40 games? I, I don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me, maybe, maybe not. Um, same goes for Nick Gonzalez, which where before 10, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, yeah, these guys not only would be back in Double A for a second season, 
Hell, even as the high high draft pick, they might be in the double A for a full season for that second year. All right, but the way things are now, and the way they're, I, I think this organization is going to be moving, guys. I would not be at all surprised if if Henry Davis and Nick Gonzalez both start next year in Triple A, even though that's not the kind of thing we've typically seen for guys that are, might be limited to as as few games as they will have played. Yeah, I think that's a very good way to look at it. So it'll be interesting to see how the how the rest of the season kind of unfolds because I think there's a lot that can happen, both good and bad. Um, you know, obviously maintaining that health, maintain getting those guys back is going to be step number one. Uh, and then letting the rosters kind of fall where they may. And it'll be interesting to see how the these rosters stack up for the remainder of the season and, and what that's able to do, you know, for these teams moving forward, whether it's in Bradenton or Greensboro, Altoona, or, or even Indy, uh, where I think that there's, they're about to have a multitude of mass transactions um, with people going up and down between there and Pittsburgh. Hey, we stay positive, man. We tried to stay as positive as we could this week. The positive thing, Corey, is that this show is finally over. So, and we get to come back and do it again next week, hopefully after a successful week of baseball within the Pirates organization. So, for Corey Geiger, this has been Jared Perger. We thank you, as always, for listening to the Young Bucks podcast and DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. We'll see you again next week. Mm-hmm.